Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome to the season finale of the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? man? I am doing fantastic. It has been a great season seven. Truly. And normally I throw in a little something here, but we have a treat, concept, possibility yeah. that we're going to throw, and I'm going to let Rob roll it out. So okay. here we go. Take so, it, Rob. This is, as I said, the season seven finale. We do 20 episodes a season. That's been our pattern for the last several seasons, uh, and it seems to work well. So We this used is, to do 25, and we're like, let's make it 20. That's right. we got a good system now. That's right. So we got, we're, this is episode 20 of season seven, but if you play your cards right, there could be an episode 21. Dun, 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 bonus episode. Dun, 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 dun. Prize so. of unspeakable value for <laughs> everyone. That's right. So one of the things that we give to our patrons, people who support us on Patreon, the great pates, as they like to be called, um, is is a, a bonus episode per season, a full bonus episode that only goes to Patreon. That's not what I'm talking about here. That is happening regardless, okay? But there could be another bonus ep- bonus episode in it for everybody. If you guys will just do us a favor and share this episode, or even share your favorite Pick episode one. from season seven or favorite episode ever. But we want a bunch of shares on this episode. And if we hit a our, number, our magic number, if we hit the number that we're looking for, then uh, we will unlock for everyone a bonus episode that will be kind of a unique follow up, a connected follow up to this episode today. And it's epic as well. That's right. But Rob, tell them what epic song we're closing out the season with. Listen, it doesn't really get much more epic than the final countdown. Oh, what a... Yes, it says final, (laughs) and it says countdown, and it's the last one. Play it, Rob. (laughs) It says the final countdown by Europe. Epic epicness. When we started that, me and Rob had normal haircuts, but now we've got perms and hairsprayed galore. Yeah, just blown out uh, platinum blonde. That's right. Our shirts just became magically unbuttoned down to the middle of our chest. It's the weirdest thing. The uh, I was looking, I was like, man, I'm going to read through the words on this. And so I open up the liner notes to read. And it is the smallest block of words for a 508 song it's true. that you will ever hear. I was like, Rob, that is all the words. I never realized it. So yeah, it, not many words, when but you a see lot them all is, there together, it's like, oh, that's really not that's a lot it. of words. But a lot is said yeah. in little words and magnificent keyboard riffs. That's right. The Final Countdown by Europe from the 1986 album The Final Countdown, written by Joey Tempest. Uh, it went to number eight on the U.S. Hot 100 and number one pretty much everywhere else. 26 countries worldwide, Goodness this gracious. song went number one. It is eight times platinum worldwide, That's eight amazing. million plus. 
copies sold. Uh, what an achievement. Like, say what you will about it. You know what I mean? We talk a little bit about, like, this song and sort of what this song represents got became uncool later. You know what I mean? And now it's cool again. Yeah. But, like, uh, say what you will about it, but listen— if you go number one in 26 countries, you've done something right. You're doing right. something right. Yeah. And, and y'all hang around. Unless you're the, the Macarena, <laughs> then you should have never existed. <laughs> That's right. Hang around to the end, and we're going to chat with the guy that played that keyboard riff. Da, 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 da. Boom. Nailed it. Rob yeah. just sang it. That's right. Keyboardist Mick McKaylee of Europe is joining us uh, to talk about that riff and the epic epicness of being part of Europe in, in the the bleeding edge of like the hair metal uh, movement. You know what I mean? They were some of the original, like, I don't want to mean this in a bad way. They're some of the original, like metal pretty boys. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're beautiful. Like <laughs> Joey Tempest is like a beautiful man. Still to this day, he's just a gorgeous guy. Um, you know? Okay. So I, but it got me thinking a little bit about like instantly recognizable uh, classic synth riffs. From the 80s. Do you have some? Yes. Do you have One some? One of my games was I Googled the top 10. Okay. Let's... And I'm betting Rob's going to get every one. Okay. Then I'm going to skip my thing. Do you want to? Let's go let's straight play, into We're going to play Stump, Stump the, the Genius, Genius early. Yeah. Here we go. Let's play Stump the Genius. It's time to Stump the Genius. I'll take your part. I'll take your part. All right, guys. We're going to play Stump the Genius early yeah. in this. We normally save that after we've talked a little bit, but we're talking keyboard riffs. So I just Googled top 10 keyboard riffs of the 80s, okay. and it pulled up this website. It's either liveabout or liveabout.com, so here's the top 10. Okay. <laughs> I'm betting Rob's going to get all 10, uh, so I actually have nine because number one is the yeah. final countdown by Europe. It's number one. Sure. And these are going to go, so I'm going to go two through 10 okay. just because that's the way I've got them in order, okay. but I'm betting Rob's going to get at least seven you're going to play them for me? I'm going to play them for you. Okay. I and thought you were just going to make me straight up guess them. No. All right, okay. If you can guess them on your own, that's amazing. But I'm going to play them to give you some. Okay. Do you cool. want to You want to see how many I can just how guess many can out guess? of hand? Let's see how many you can guess off the. Let's, that's amazing. I, I don't think I can get all 10 uh, just well, uh, you know, under one. the pressure. But Okay. But okay. So jump is going to be one. Jump is one. Halen. That is number three. Okay. And I'll play them after you say them just okay. so we can scratch. Oh, it makes, makes me you feel, feel so better, good, though. R.I.P. Eddie, love you forever. We're literally on our on our recording desk right now. JP is looking at my. Oh, I have a replica uh, Frankenstrat EVH Frankenstrat that I keep on my desk. And Good job. Okay. He's looking at it oh, right now. One. All right. Um, and then uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like just trying to think of them off of off the top of my head. Now I feel like I'm going to draw. Blank. It's tough without some um, help. Give me no. I don't want to cheat. Let's see. Okay. I'm it's okay if you to, cheat. I've got them set up to go. I'm trying to see if I can pull out any more. The, uh, um, the only ones that you might think of, I can only think of maybe two without getting some clues. Is one of them uh, like, is one of them Prince? Is Prince one on of there? them is Prince. Okay. So I'm going to say, I I want to say 1999. It is 1999. Oh. We'll wait till we get I to the keyboard part. <laughs> that is number four on the list. So I've got three and four. I'm missing two. You're missing What's the two. the second most iconic synth riff of the 80s? Wow. Think keyboard. Yeah. It doesn't have keyboard. to be synth. Okay, okay. Such a great riff. Okay. Such cool. a great riff. Prince, 1999. Okay. We've got two. All right. Um, for the sake of time, I'll probably just let you play me Let me the play them. Okay, yeah. here's number two. All right. This will take... Oh, of course. It's Don't Stop Believing Journey. Don't Stop Believing okay, by yeah. Journey. Okay. Yes, I was thinking well, synthesizer. They're going to get a little but, harder, okay. maybe. Okay. All right. I, I would... Oh. Uh, uh, um. Oh, come on. Yeah. You'll know the artist. It's Runaway. Bon Runaway. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Yeah, there okay. you go. Boom. Nicely done. Thank Number you. five. Number six. This is one that I thought might be a little harder. When it starts singing, you'll know it, so I'm going to have to stop it. A really recognizable voice. It, 
this is that's the that's the part. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I heard it. That Sister was, Christian by Christian Night, Night Ranger. Ranger. So I got to okay, give yeah. you an X on that one. Sorry. Yeah, I don't really track with that song until the vocals. One come of the in. first secular concerts I ever went to was Night Ranger. Nice. I was at a. Uh, I was actually on. Uh, you uh, had to bridge the gap from Christian to Sister Christian, to, and right. then you could to go there. to real secular. Concerts. Funny thing is, I was doing a pathway thing. I uh-huh. was like gone at. It was at uh, one of the conventions, and I was set up, and they're like Night Rangers playing outside. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Night Rangers. I went and heard that song. Anyway, That's awesome. Um, here we go. This will be number seven, guaranteed to get. Of course, Bruce Hornsby. Okay, so all right, so I needed to think more broadly than just, I was thinking like synth yeah. synthesizer. You know, heavy. Okay, correct. Right. Okay, this one would be the other one that I thought you might miss if you missed one, but you might. Get oh. This is Betty Davis Eyes? This is Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Very good. Okay, that's funny. I don't really think about this as a synth riff, but I guess it is. To me, it sounds like a guitar. I think of it as... But yeah, okay. Um, Anyway. Betty Davis Eyes, Kim Carnes. Oh, man. This is Pressure by Billy Joel. This is Pressure, and we're going to Yeah. There's a concert DVD of him live in Germany, and he comes up... Rising from the floor with a synthesizer ah, playing this. It's I love so this. awesome. Agent Michael Scarn <laughs> in threat level midnight. All right. Last one. Oh, this is uh, 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 Dancing in the Dark. Dancing yeah, in Bruce the Dark Springsteen. by Bruce. Okay. Well done. All okay. right, you did good, man. You only missed All one. Right. All right. That was good. I wonder how that compares with the actual. Uh, the real know, list, the chart, yeah, the chart that I had. See if there's any that that we any think crossovers? should be uh, switched out. Let's see. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I had to exit it out so 80s. I didn't see anything that might have helped me. So this would have been twelve definitive synthesizer riffs from '80s hit singles. Okay. Is the name of the list. Um, and these I think lean more into synthesizer. So it's got "Sunglasses at Night" by Corey Hart, uh, "Safety Dance." I, there's one I that's made definitely the others one that's definitely missing that I just thought about myself. I'm sure it's on this list, but one that's definitely missing from your list would be. Uh, the Eurythmics. Oh, uh, yeah. Sweet Dreams. Sweet Dreams. That definitely belongs. Uh, Don't You Want Me by The Human League. Rocket by Herbie Hancock, which is kind of almost cheating. It was it was like jazz, uh, whatever. She blinded me with science. I don't know about that. Thomas Dolby. Oh, Sherry. Steve oh, Perry. Yeah. Shut up and uh, go. Nah, that's, oh, we're going to cover that song, dude. Yeah, we will. We'll get you, um, Steve. I got things to say about that. Axel F. by Harold Faltermeyer from yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, Beverly Hills Push It. Salt and Pepper. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet Push Dreams. Yeah. Uh, jump, take on me. Dun, 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 oh, yeah. dun, dun. So that had a few that, that you're listed now. We should do that one. We haven't done a yeah, whole yet. Sure, we'll get let's, do let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so let's see. Uh, the final Great job, countdown. Rob, by the Thank way. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, the final countdown uh, by Europe was written originally to not so much with being a single in mind. It was written to kind of be a concert opener. They wanted something epic to you know kick kick off their shows with, and so uh, they end up writing uh, the, the final countdown. Joey ends up writing it, um, and you can kind of thank David Bowie for this song, not directly. But indirectly, uh, Joey Tempest, lead singer and writer, uh, was inspired by David Bowie's Space Oddity, um, which, and I hadn't really thought about that song in context, but it was written uh, like the year of the first like moon landing. The year that's of that first why that launch. album cover has them uh, in space. Yeah. Every time I see that album cover, by the way, I don't know why, but it makes me think of The NeverEnding Story. There's an artist named Drew Struzan. S T R U Z A N, who does a bunch of these iconic, you know, all the movie posters that look like they're hand drawn, but they're photo accurate. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like absolutely. the Indiana Jones posters, mm-hmm. the Star Wars posters. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Drew Struzan who does all those. He did Masters of the Universe yeah. and, and tons of those. This album cover to me looks, looks like something he might have done. He, he didn't, but it looks like, and that's what it makes me think of. And for some reason, it makes me think in particular of the never ending story. I don't know why. It really doesn't look anything Betray like you. Betray you. Anyway, um, but um, when Space Oddity came out, um, it sort of captured the imagination of Joey Tempest. And um, he became, you know, sort of fascinated with space and space travel. And so that obviously influenced him in writing this track, uh, which he has said is kind of about leaving Earth uh, because it's basically all used up. Like, Earth is done. We got to get out of here and find somewhere else. So, um, you know, we're going to Venus. Uh, His intensity, his intensity on this track and really all tracks, his voice is so very, it's like, um, 
it's just very, very strong, a very present, powerful <laughs> voice. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but the way he says, to Venus, is just great. And then you get the Venus in the background. I love it. The, that's right. Some great echoes uh-huh. in here. You know what I mean? Some some big fun on that. Uh, the video is kind of, um, it's a video about a video. Mm-hmm. It's a video about a video being filmed. They originally wanted to do a whole thing with spaceships, which surely would have been awful, by the way. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, 1985, 86, yeah. a music video with spaceships? It would have been just <laughs> terrible. Um, but it would also would have been too expensive. So they, uh, did them, uh, they, they filmed themselves at a concert in Stockholm. And while that show was being filmed for a home video release, they filmed the film crew filming the concert. That's awesome. And then they did some side shots of like control room kind of thing. You know what I mean? And of course, then they use a lot of the the live footage. And I think we talked with him about the director, Nick Morris, on that legendary guy. Um, yep. He did Kyrie for Mr. Mister and Every Time You Go Away for Paul Young and, and then them. Yeah. So I think we talked with him about that. Um, this is actually from songfacts.com uh, directly. I'm quoting here. It says, in the video, there are various helicopter shots mixed with the indoor footage. They're like standing on the roof. And it, um, and so after spending lots of time getting the authorization, a police helicopter was supplied and Europe 86 was painted on the roof of the concert venue. Um, when director Nick Morris and his cameraman flew over the venue to get the shot, it was too early. So there was no crowd, no excitement. The pilot offered a solution. Fly to Stockholm grab some coffee, then go back to get the shot. Um, Morris told Songfax, we went around the clock tower a couple of times so we could film that and just landed in a quiet local square. Uh, All these guys were sitting there, bent doubled, watching this police helicopter land. We get out, he locks up the helicopter, and we walk across to get cappuccinos. A couple minutes later, he says, all right, there should be people there now. Let's go. We take off again, and we got the shots that you see in the beginning of the video. And they're just like, but uh, imagine the importance of a police helicopter, like, coming into land in, like, somebody's field. Yeah. And then (laughs) they just go into the coffee shop. Like, what's happening in the coffee shop? We were really thirsty. Yes, it was a total emergency. Chief was thirsty. We had to go. Um, The look that Joey Tempest gives the camera at the at the landing of the riff, right before the verse starts, I wish there was a way for us to be able to flash this in everybody's in everybody's mind. It's terrifying. <laughs> Do you know the look I'm talking no. about? I know you've watched the video. Yeah. So next time you watch it, you'll have to go back you'll and to, it, the, he, Right before the when it sort of lands and sits on that on that chord, that minor chord before the verse starts. Okay, um, he does this like. It's like this really intense Zoolander. You know I mean? <laughs> Almost, but it's like, yeah, he's just staring into your soul, through yeah. your soul. Like to this day, one of the and I'm gonna reference this again, one of the scariest things I've ever seen is from the never ending story. The the uh, the wolf thing that is the agent of the nothing. It's not the nothing, but it's an agent of the nothing. It's called Gmork, right? Um and Joey Tempest looks like Gmork in this shot. I, something about his eyes That's and his great. intensity, and it's he's it's like it's so terrifying. It's it's like he went, okay, do you want Magnum or Blue Steel? If you want to go Zoolander, yeah. right? He, and the director's like, no, 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 give me Gmork, give me that sweet Gmork action. You know. Anyway, it's terrifying. Go go watch it. Um, I want to talk about the guitar solo a little oh, please, bit. Please, um, yes. Let's hear it. Let's talk about it. Let's, it's yeah, wonderful. let's listen to it. And then I'm actually going to talk about not so much the solo, which is, of course, awesome. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about the chords underneath it. Okay. All right. So we're actually going to change keys going into this uh, guitar solo. We're going to go from the key of F sharp minor or A major. It's really F sharp minor, they stay, you know. We're going to go to D major for the solo but first let's listen So let me break that down a little bit. First of all, chops. Absolutely. Right? That's great. John Norum bringing it. And uh, great, uh, like, harmony. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Harmony doing Me- post. It's pretty. Yeah. Singable. Right? It is. Um, so 
other than just being a great solo and very enjoyable and a great drum fill going into it. Absolutely. Exactly like that. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but let's 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 document this key change a little bit. So we're in the key of F sharp minor, F sharp, D, right? That kind of thing. Okay. Um, so we're gonna go then to the key of D, but uh, it never hits the key. It never hits the chord of D. So it never hits solo. the one. It in never the solo. hits the one in D, but it is a definite key change. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna re- play it again and give you these chords over the top. Okay. So we're on the F sharp minor. We're gonna go down to the to the B minor. B A. Oh, it does go to D. I'm sorry, D. G, walk down to E minor, A, B, into the F sharp, which leads us back to the B minor, A, D, G, walk it down to E minor, A minor, so that's the two, five, six, then it goes up to the C sharp to set back up the F sharp. So it lands on it. It goes up. That one chord that feels out of place, not out of place, but it feels different. Other is them going back up to the C sharp, which then sets up the going back to the F sharp. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so we're just temporarily because the C sharp is in the key of A major. Yes, and uh, also in the key of D. Well, no, the, yeah, the C the C sharp is really it's the it's the five. Or is it the five of the F sharp minor? Is yeah, kind of how yeah, you're it's the five it. of the F sharp minor. Yeah. So, so for no reason too, it's just a guitar solo. Yeah. It's like an interlude. It's not to facilitate something in the vocals that they wanted to do. It's like we were like, the solo in this key. He's like, no, this I'm, way. I'm comfortable on these frets. You know, <laughs> like I really want to. I really want to shred on these in this kind of thing here. Uh, great guitar player. He's it's fantastic. You know, his stuff before and after this is uh, uh, is is really solid. Do you want to actually? Ta- do you want to talk about it? Yes. You want to meet? Let's talk about the band. Let's do it. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Meet the band of Europe that played on the final countdown. Um, heck, we—I wasn't planning to start on John Norum, but darn it, since we're talking about <laughs> him, let's start there on guitar. Uh, John Norum, look up uh, so the solo on "On the Loose." Okay, go to minute two. So fast, this guy played with Richie Blackmore to Dawkins. This guy can shred. So, song's called "On the Loose." Go to minute two. Okay, this is also from this album. Love that that's back when picking. solos are like, how fast can you play? Yes, exactly. Like, that's what makes your solo good is how yeah. fast you can play. Uh, John Norum, bringing the heat. Um, on lead vocals, the aforementioned Joey Tempest, uh, actual name, Rolf Magnus Joachim Larson. There you go. Uh, arguably Joey one, for short. Joey. Arguably one of the best 80s vocalists, I think. Really? I mean, and, he's in the conversation. And even now, his vocals are really strong. Still he probably it. has, you know, come down on the range a little bit, but, uh, but, his, but his voice is still very strong. On a bass guitar, John Levin, I believe it's Levin. It's weird because the accent is over the second E in L E V E N for us non uh, non speaking Swedish. Yeah, non non Swedes. Non non Swedes. Um, John on bass guitar. Another John on bass guitar. Other than Joey Tempest, he's the only Europe member to be on every album. Yeah. So uh, a constant staple in the Europe fandom. Um, on drums, Ian Haugland, I'm going to go with, um, plays Ludwig drums, pasty cymbals. He's now a radio DJ in Sweden. Huh. So there you mm-hmm. go. And on keyboards, your friend and mine, hang around and meet him, Mick McKaylee, uh, fantastic keyboard riff, fantastic keyboard player. Yeah. Um, we got we got uh, some, good, some good convo with him. I think you guys are really going to like it. And this album uh, was his first official album as part of Europe. He had started touring with them 
uh, live, but was not an official part of the band. So this was his first um, actual appearance as a full-fledged member of Europe. And what do you know? It skyrocketed him to the moon because of this uh, incredible riff. And Joey uh, is a keyboard player, so he was right. playing keyboard before. Yep. So uh, they were originally called Force, uh, the band Europe, originally called Force. This is kind of a funny, funny anecdote. Uh, early in their career, I guess um, technically before their career took off, their bass player, Peter Olson, left to join Ingve Malmsteen's band, which coincidentally was called Rising Force, okay? And Ingve's bassist, Marcel Jacob, joined Force. But apparently about three months into it, there was some friction in Rising Force, and they ended up swapping back to their <laughs> original, and so Peter Olson then was, was cool. the bass. Um, in the middle of the success of this album, they actually changed guitarists. So uh, even in videos, from one single to the next, they had a different guitarist. Um, in November 86, John Norm actually left the band, unhappy with its direction, uh, citing frustration with a quote-unquote teeny bopper bubblegum image, and was saying that basically keyboards becoming too much of a focus yeah. and coming in and, and ruining the guitar rock <laughs> that they had going on. Uh, so Key Marcello took over guitar duties at that point. Then John Norm returned in 2004 after the band took a, a long hiatus in the early 90s. So he's now back with them restored, you know, uh, as sort of the original, um, you know, guitarist. But, um, yeah. Uh, I got a couple of good lists on this if we want to get into it. Roll them. A couple lists. This is on the list, and I say this with love. This is on the list of 16 uh, – of uh, this is number 16 on the list of VH1's most awesomely – bad songs um and uh, that list i won't get into because for the for the sake of time but it is also number one on vh1's list of most awesomely bad metal songs and i will hit you with the top okay. 10 okay, of the list. most awesomely bad metal songs according to vh1 number 10 is my way by limp biscuit my way on the highway right number nine is nobody's fool by cinderella number eight is wait by white lion uh, oh, I like that's White Lion. serious right there, White Lion. Uh, number seven is Everything About You by Ugly Kid Joe, which I love. These songs are basically the songs that you go. That you love, but you shouldn't brag about yeah, loving. Like, yeah. These are all guilty pleasure songs. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good way to say it, guilty pleasure songs. Um, even though the Final Countdown has transcended all that and just come back around to being full-blown awesome again. It's a song that is just beloved by everybody again. Um, number six, how about Striper making the list uh, with Honestly? Yes. Honestly, uh, number I believe. Let's see, number five, oh, 17 Lee. by Winger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four, Unskinny Bop by Poison. Okay. Number three, Forever by Kiss. Uh, not by uh, Joey and the Rippers. Not oh, that's by, right. Not that forever. Not, uh, yeah, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not n- John Stamos. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, and then at number two on this list is Cherry Pie by Warren. Okay, I which love that I song. think that's a solid number two Fair. there. And then number one in the final Even without the Bobby Brown video, I love the song. It's yeah, a good song. That's right. Also, a side note on this. Uh, this has led me into an interesting uh, interesting side thing. Um, I follow a guy on, J- on, on Twitter named Jason Foster, who is a writer for the Sporting News. And I follow him because uh, he is a baseball writer and a musician, and he's also a believer. So I just connect with him Goodness in a lot gracious. of different ways, right? He's um, one of us. And so, yeah, and he's really funny. He has a lot of great, he's a, he's a, I think he's a Braves fan. So like, it, there's just a lot, you know, going on with that guy. So I'm like, that's cool. Okay, so, um, and he does this awesome thing where, this is just a side note, this is just a reason to follow Jason Foster. It's, he, he's at, uh, by Jason Foster on Twitter, if you want to follow him. Um, but he does a thing during baseball season where he wears a different baseball shirt every day of baseball season and he posts it so every day you get what's jason wearing today and it's a cool baseball t-shirt you know from that's cool yeah so i think today he was wearing a minor league uh uh, team called the um what are they called the disco something it's like the disco eagles or something like that minor league you know weird baseball disco turkeys i think it is i can't remember where they're from anyway he posted an article last year about this song uh, and the article is called, I think, No, the final countdown is not on the Rocky Four soundtrack. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, there's confusion a among a lot of people. And people will be like, Oh, I love that scene in Rocky Four with the final countdown. And it's not, not there. anywhere. It's not only not in the movie, it's not on the soundtrack. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And there were even people he talks about in the article, uh, who, people who were being like, 
cooler than you who would be like, oh no, they added it to the soundtrack in the re-release. It's on the it's on the re-release version of it. Don't worry about it. You didn't know. But it's, that's not true either. It's not there. <laughs> yeah. Um it, he he sort of posits that maybe uh that people are getting it confused somehow with uh Vince, Vince DeCola's, DeCola's training, training montage. Yes, the training montage theme. The- so I I'll play it and you be the judge, but I, I don't see how I guess I can see how maybe somebody who just doesn't pay attention, doesn't get music at all, you know, you could maybe confuse that, but... That's the only thing I could think of, right? But how could you confuse that with the freaking final countdown? Yeah, I know, right? I, I don't I don't understand. But anyway, shouts out to Jason Foster. You always, you always uh, make my day a little brighter on Twitter, so I'm glad I got to include a shout out to him in this because uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. And... Uh, yeah, so anyway, not from the Rocky soundtrack. You can go check out the article at sportingnews.com slash US slash boxing slash news slash the dash final dash countdown <laughs> dash Rocky dash four dash soundtrack. You know what? Just Google search it. It'll be there. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, a few more notes. Uh, interesting note on Europe, actually. Their biggest hit in the United States was not the final countdown. It was Carrie off Carrie. of the same album. That's it. Nailed it. Uh, it went all the way to number three the on the Billboard ballad. Hot 100. The power ballad, man. It was the it was the age of the power ballad for <laughs> sure. Uh, so you may think of Europe as a one hit wonder, but they're not. They're truly not a one hit wonder. Um, now, Mark Cohn. Oh, on the where other are hand, you? I'm. I'm going to keep getting jabs until we get an angry call from his manager. I'm just going to keep jabbing away. We're just at we'll be this like, point, will you come on and just yell at us? Yeah. And then we can have him on. Exactly. Just come and, and vent it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then we'll play him last week's episode and, and smooth it over That's with a little right. DC talk <laughs> just between you and me. Um, this is really interesting. So in 2004, uh, Europe came back together after a long hiatus. And Joey Tempest actually cited Audio Slaves' first album as kind of an inspiration for them to get back together back. Wow. as a um, or as a benchmark, I guess, a musical like, yo, this is cool. Like, let's let's let this be sort of the not the direction they go, but like, oh, this is possible now. You know, what I mean, this is a thing that is that we can we can do. And so you listen to their two two thousand four album. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's quite a bit heavier than you would kind of expect. I'll play you a little bit of it. This is, uh, from 2004's, uh, Start From The Dark. This is the opening track, Gotta Have Faith. Completely different. Yeah. Even tonally. The race is on. Right? That's kind of dope. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad at it at all. So there's, you know, some some heaviness there yeah. that wasn't really present. You don't think that's Europe. Uh, it would take you a minute to go until he probably went up high. Yeah. You might not know that was Mick. There's not um, any purple in that. Yeah. Like, I think Europe of purple, mm. fluorescent. Yeah. And then that is just as much black, dark, <laughs> raw yeah. rock as it comes. Yeah. Very cool. So, um Let's see. Uh, the Final Countdown album itself produced three top 40 singles, Final Countdown, Carrie, and Rock the Night. Uh, Cherokee also charted in the top 100. Which is my favorite song. So, Cherokee. Cherokey's okay. my favorite uh, right. Europe song. There you go. So, that, so, so it produced... Cool story about that with Mick. Hang around and hear the story of that. Yeah. It's a good one on there. Definitely. Um, so, I've got uh, just a couple of covers, but I think... Let's play another game. Whoa. Let's play the other stuff. The genius. So this Whoa. is the. I know it's a finale. Wow. So we normally only do one stuff. The genius. Epic, and it's normally way late. But whatever. It's a finale. And let's do. Uh, we're gonna play another round of stump the genius. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited to get punched in the mouth twice in one episode. <laughs> it's time to stump the genius. I said your part. All right. We're gonna play stump the genius round two. Wow. I got to ring the bell a lot for Rob in round one as he nailed the keyboardness. This is going to be, is this band from Europe? Oh. Uh, so we got, I'm going to play five, and you're going to say, is this musical act from Europe? Okay. Yes I or no? I bet I'm going to bomb this. I bet you're going to do great. Okay. I believe right. in you. Here we go. That's uh, Germany. That's, uh, right? That's uh, from Germany. Scorpions. Scorpions. Yeah. Very good. Nice job, Rob, with number one. Thank you. You know this song, right? I, you you will. Wait for it. Is it a weird remix of Crazy Train? Oh. Is this... Oh. 
Oh, funny. I only know the Weird Al polka version of this. Okay. Um, but then you can guess. I, I think they are. They're from Europe, yeah? They are from okay. Europe. This is Gorillas with Feel Good Inc. They are from England. I was going to play a game later where you name the countries, but I'll just, I'll just help okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. So, Scorpions from Germany. Yes. Gorillas from England. Number three. That would be the Cardigans. Um... They're from Europe. They are hey. from Europe. That era from Sweden. There you go. Sweden, number four. We'll do it all. Oh, this is that band that I don't really like. A band I've seen so many times. Really? I love Snow Patrol. Snow, it's a Snow Patrol. Patrol. Yeah, I don't like this song. We could rivalry on this song. Oh, we could. I will debate the snot out of Snow Patrol <laughs> with you. Uh, I'm going to say they're from Europe. They sure, are why from not? Europe. Hey, He's I was kind of picking up on a pattern. That's right. You are picking oh, up on Ireland. the pattern. Okay. So let's just finish it off. Uh, I didn't mean to put this one last. Ew. Uh, why? We need a palate cleanser. I know. I, they're from Europe? They are from Europe. Wow. Danish. I did not know that. Danish. Danish. There you go. All five from Europe. Great job, Rob. Yuck. I, was I can't believe you had the all. nerve to play me that. I know. I know. Play something. Play Cherokee to cleanse the palate. <laughs> Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, I'm in better headspace now. Thanks. Yeah. I just needed to get that uh, out of my head. You so. get that taste, yeah, taste out of your mouth. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that um, early in their career, when they were trying to get signed, um, they would you know take demo tapes and, and whatever to people, um, and the people were trying to get them to not sing in English, trying to get uh, Joey to sing in Swedish, thinking that they would connect better. But um, they were like, "No, we're definitely going to sing in English." Um, so I, I just last those- decision. Yeah, sure. I mean, it gives them a more global potential for reach. And obviously, the single, you know, I mean, this went number one in a billion uh, countries. So, good decision. Um, and they were huge in Sweden already before they got major major label success. So, it Why not just, capitalize everywhere? Yeah, it, it all just got, it, it all just worked out. So, um, okay, I've got um, just a couple of other things, and they would be in the form of uh, a cover. And I hope you're ready for this. I, I so like the original version of this song is epic. Okay, this cover version is by a uh, I believe another Swedish band called Deep Sunshine, uh, and it is epic in a completely different <laughs> way. All right, this is Deep Sunshine. <laughs> Playing, or is she playing? It's a, I don't know, it's a keyboard. Isn't it? <laughs> Just wait for it. The vocals are going to save it, I'm sure. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> oh, stop, change. <laughs> it's all right, the, the background vocals will save it. <laughs> Oh, there are no background vocals. him himself? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's Deep Sunshine. That's the worst cover ever. That actually has gone, has become such a legendary bad cover. It's about 10 or 15 years old that Mick McKaylee actually watched it and reacted to it on YouTube and was like, what are they doing to my song? You know, all this kind of stuff. Um, but so let's let let's give Deep Sunshine, in all fairness, an opportunity to redeem themselves. Oh, no. <laughs> um, this is a follow up to that one called Big Tree, uh, and I want you to pay careful attention. <laughs> we talked about instantly recognizable synth parts. Um, you know, I want you to pay careful attention here to the keyboard part. This is Big Tree by Deep Sunshine. Listen to the synth. Ha <laughs> 
complicated. <laughs> I think maybe his keyboard wouldn't do chords. I think it got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. So that's uh, that's Deep Sunshine, Big Tree. Uh, They later became Maroon 5. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I got no reason to pick on Maroon 5. I just thought that'd be funny. That's funny. I like that. Uh, All right. You got anything else? I got one thing that I want to wrap up. Is this Stump the Genius again? No, we're we're done with Stump the Genius, but I'm going to do a quick, since you're the king of lists, I'm going to do my list. Okay, yeah, yeah. So here's my list on things we've learned this season. So I'm just going to bookend this real quick, and then we'll throw it to the interview, and then we'll bring it on home. Great. So I'm just going to give one thing rapid fire off each episode. Number one. Wow, okay. CCR. Ooby Doobie is a stupid song on a great album. (laughs) Two, Boy Meets Girl. Nothing is more 80s in music video than casual smoking. (laughs) Three, Poco. Phil Hartman designed the legend horse cover. Wow. Four, STP, uh, ripped off Jim Croce. Five, fastball. Burt Blylevin is surprisingly high on the list of MLB strikeouts at number five. That was amazing. Uh, Sister Hazel, Robin Kenblock somehow have the exact same literal guitar. Yeah. Amazing. Seven. Hootie made a new best friend in Jim. Hey, yeah. This is your heroes can become your friends. Yeah. That really happened. So anyway, number eight, Jen Blossoms. You whose marketing department is <laughs> awful and culturally unaware. <laughs> King's X backed up Phil Keggy on the flip side tour. Who yeah. knew that? Dave Mason played acoustic guitar on all along the watchtower. Yeah. And Rob knows a lot more about Denzel than he gives himself credit for. <laughs> Did very well on that. Number eleven. Vienna, uh, Midjure uh, is played by Ed Norton in his biopic. Uh, Gary Portnoy, cheers, is the same guy that wrote Punky Brewster and the Mr. Belvedere theme. Yep. Um, John Parr, uh, St. Elmo's Fire, Toto, Mr. Mr., Ario Speedwagon are all the band on that track. Yeah. What in the crazy. world? Crazy, crazy band. Uh, when in Rome, uh, John Rice, a.k.a. Uncle Rico, was in Men in Black. Number yeah. 15, Wild Thing. The guy who wrote Wild Thing is John Voight's brother. Yep. Robert Tepper, JP's Russian is on point. <laughs> 17, wicked game. As much as Rob loves chips, he knows nothing about their history or how they are made. <laughs> Number 18, Madonna, Rob loves live to tell musically, and if Counting Crows singing borderline can't convince him to like Madonna, oh, I never will. Wow, um, so true. And then I don't have anything on Kevin Max because we literally just did it yeah. about five minutes ago. <laughs> so I was going to do a takeaway from that episode. How about uh, roll houses three times in the same weekend? Do it four times, go. hit the ha- same house four times, and beat JP. There you go. And then send me a, a challenge issued. Yeah, challenge issued. Yeah, how about that? Wow. It really has been an epic season. What a good one! Uh, I can't believe I, I can't believe we've made it this far. Seven seasons, one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty episodes. Now this would be one hundred sixty-one, sixty-two at this point. Um, and uh, I just can't believe we've lasted this long. But it's so much fun. We can't not do it. We, we have like it, we're just compelled to keep doing it. And you guys are going to think we're crazy, but we've already got a packed slate for season eight. Season eight is is almost. Uh, is almost halfway recorded at this Crazy point. Like, it's just whatever. And so we're going to take a break for about six weeks in between seasons. Uh, we might have a thing or two coming down the pike for fun. You know what I mean? Or just what, But officially, there will be about a six-week break in between seasons. So you could make can make it a five-week break if. That's right. If you'll share this episode or share your favorite episode from this season or any other season, share one of the... Or just copy a clip. We don't care. Yeah. Like, copyright it. What steal we want, it. Post it. That's right. Tell people to listen to this show. Help us grow the show by getting it in front of more people. Word of mouth is is more helpful than money spent on advertising, which we don't do anyway. But <laughs> if we did, your word of mouth, just tell somebody, dude, send them a link, share, you know what I mean? Share a specific episode and say, dude, just listen to this. It's so funny. Or these guys are so stupid, yeah. but they'll, they'll make you laugh. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? Whatever, right? Whatever gets them there. So if we hit the threshold of shares that, that we're looking for, we will drop a bonus episode um, that is tied to this uh, to this song in a weird way, in a back-end way. Uh, next week. We'll- Speaking of advertising, too, this is not planned, but we don't pay to advertise. We did do ads last season a little bit, but if you just yeah. want to sponsor season eight and have a ton load of cash, yeah. just let us know. Yeah, we'll have it. So and so presents the great song podcast right. in season eight. If it's a lot of money, yeah. just send it to us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and actually, something we didn't mention, but uh, this song was used in a well-known ad for the insurance company Geico. Boom. Um, they did a. Um, you know, they did a, a thing for a while. They had like one with the Dikembe Mutombo and it was like, uh, 
Uh, you Where he know. blocks it. Not uh-uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that Geico? Was that progressive? Maybe I mean, progressive. I don't know. Uh, Edit that out. <laughs> but they did, they did a commercial where a guy was in the office and he was microwaving something, and you know, and it's and it's counting down. Um, and all of a sudden, Europe shows up and they're in the break room playing the final countdown. And they're like, "If you're the band Europe, you love a final countdown. It's just what you do, you know. <laughs> and if you're looking to save money on insurance, you you know, switch to Geico. Blah blah blah. Um, so that did really well for them. Really funny too. And they they literally played a different version. It's not the recorded version of this. It's in a slightly lower key and it's got some ad libs but uh, uh joey is killing it dude they're in their in their you know the office break room just killing it on the final countdown so very but cool if you like geico that bonus episode could be appealing hey now don't give too much away okay, 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 don't give too much away sorry get, get, it's fine it's fine they'll understand they'll understand all right so share it if you want a bonus episode share this one or share something else and uh and and we might see you again next week otherwise we'll just hold on to it till next That's season right. no we'll drop it in season eight but uh or we'll just keep it in our pockets maybe you'll never maybe you'll share just, it. never know we will have gone through all this trouble for nothing uh, but okay we're gonna talk to Mick McKaylee and we're gonna come back up to wrap up season seven say good night say goodbye tuck you in prayers vitamins all the whole nine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're going to talk to Mick McKaylee. In the meantime, come see us on socials, uh, social media, networks, uh, channels, pages, posts, all the things, at Great Song Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can be part of our Facebook uh, group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. And if you want to go the extra mile and be a producer of the show, you can support us on Patreon. And if you want to do that, you go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod, and we can say thank you by giving you things like early access, bonus episodes, uh, and behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't get anywhere else if you want to become one of the great pates. Uh, Let's talk to Mick, and then we'll come back in to wrap it up and say goodbye. But, uh, yeah, let's kick it. This is Mick McKaylee of Europe. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Mick McKaylee, uh, keys player for Europe, the the purveyor of this fantastic riff that we all know and love so much. Uh, Mick, thank you so much for joining us today, all the way from Sweden. We're so, so glad to pleasure. have you with us. It's a pleasure. Excellent. Um, well, so first, the first thing we got to talk about is, is the actual riff, this famous, you know, world renowned riff that everybody knows that has now come, uh, you know, it's, it's been around for so long that, that it's, it's such a beloved thing worldwide. Um, now the way I understand it, the, the riff itself was written on a, that Joey Tempest actually wrote the riff, but on your keyboard that you had borrowed to, that you had loaned to him. Is that how the story goes? Yeah, that's, that's correct. He he had the, like this idea of writing. It was just an intro. It wasn't supposed to be a song from the start. And, and before I, I joined the band, he borrowed a, a keyboard uh, from me. That's that's correct. And he wrote the intro. And then it, it was more or less laying around for a couple of years. Before, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Before someone suggested, why don't you write a song around that riff? Okay. Very interesting. So as a... Um, as did many hits from the eighties, uh, the final countdown, um, it was, it was, you know, it comes out and it explodes and it's a worldwide mega hit. Uh, and then it endured some sort of scorn as, as music, music got sort of edgier in the nineties. Right. But then, um, the final countdown is one of the ones that has come all the way back around to being beloved and celebrated again. And is now, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that everybody loves again. Uh, my kids all love it and they listen to it often. How does that make you feel to have had something that sort of had, had a song that has had sort of two life cycles almost? Yeah, it, it is fantastic. You know, I mean, and, and, and it's sort of been passed on to, to, uh, to generations and it, it is amazing. And it's been used in, 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 in sports. Uh, it's, it's been used in, in, I don't know, political campaign rallies, which we're not too happy about sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it's, it, it's an amazing feeling. And it's just one of those songs that, that sort of um, hopefully, and, and I guess will live for a long time. And it is, it, it is a magnificent feeling to, to have been sort of part of something that stretches over generations. 
I'm I'm a I'm kind of the personnel guy. Um, so I I love that you guys use Kevin Elson for this as the producer on the album. We'll talk on the album here in just a little bit. Some highlights. I know y'all yeah. brought him back for your sixth album on uh, Start from the Dark, which is fantastic. With Gotta Have Faith, it's completely different with the driving rock sound. It's a uh, more driving guitars, not glam, but more rock guitars. Now I'll tie that into the question that I have about the mix of this album. How involved were you in the mix? Because the keyboards are heavy. In the mix and i'm okay with it i love it i know uh john norm wasn't crazy about it but how involved are you in the mix of this with kevin when putting it together um you mean the final countdown right absolutely yes sir yeah yeah well we were the whole band was actually in uh that was in in we mixed it in 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 bay area i think berkeley right okay in, in fantasy studios and uh, which is a, a classic studio by the way and and the whole band really wanted to to go to to mix the album or or to be there while while kevin and uh, uh while kevin mixed the album and so but but honestly i mean kevin did what he did and we were we were just sitting there really uh <laughs> and because to me i mean you have to understand this the Final Countdown was my first real album that I, I played on. Yeah, because so, one and so two, me, Joey played keys on, correct? And then you came yeah, in. For the yeah, yeah, that's correct. And 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 uh, so so for me, it was more like listen and learn. You know, mm-hmm. that's awesome. There's a I love this album. I we have a section where we just typically uh, gush over things that we like, and this will be my section where I talk about things that I just love about the album. Um, Danger on the Track has my favorite mix solo. If you go to about minute 220, it's kind of the organ meets keys. Fantastic. I love that. Uh, Rock the Night has my favorite video of y'all's that shot in the Hard Rock Cafe. I do have a question. Is that, which Hard Rock is that? Is that Stockholm? That's correct. Yeah, it's, it's in Stockholm. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, by the way, while JP's talking, so we're we're from uh, uh, Tennessee in in you know in the states, and we say yeah. y'all a lot. And I'm just curious <laughs> how often you hear you know y'all what? in Sweden. <laughs> no, actually, you know, I, I heard it the first time. Uh, well, the first time I, I reacted on it was was when we were touring in 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 the U.S. for the first time, and and I heard it, and I sort of reacted on it, and, and but but. I, I get it. <laughs> no words. <laughs> my, I think my favorite track on the album, though, is Cherokee. I love Cherokee. And it's got to rank high for you, too, because the keyboard solo is actually longer than the guitar solo. Nice. So that it has to, Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Thank so, you for thanks for letting me know. I didn't I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So um, at the beginning of the song, the drummer, Ian, he says something in uh, I don't I don't speak Swedish. So it sounds I think it translates. We're going to play now. Do you know what he actually yeah. says? Like, can you? Say it for us, for those of for being the Swedish uh, speaker. Oh, you mean the way he says it? Sure. Yes, yeah. um, Nailed it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Um, yeah, I, he, I, he, you know, he's he's the madman of the band. So I mean, <laughs> there's still these things all the time. Yeah, there's got to be one in every group, and it should be the drummer, right? That's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually is. Um, I heard that when y'all were recording that video for Cherokee, that a fire actually broke out and y'all had to put that out is that true can you confirm that yeah <laughs> it, we recorded that in, in the south of of spain and uh, we wanted to we kind of wanted to to look like like the the prairie somewhere in in the u.s and uh so yeah there were supposed to be campfires or something and <laughs> someone wasn't uh really um sort of watching uh, the fire, and suddenly things, it, it was okay in the end. So, no <laughs> Okay, well, Excellent. at least nobody got hurt. <laughs> nobody got hurt, right. Uh, as a, okay, so as I understand it, as I understand it, this, this is a cool story, and I want to verify this. Um, in, in researching, I, I found that the final countdown uh, apparently was one of the last songs played by what was then an East German radio broadcast uh, before the reunification of Germany. Uh, how how cool is that for you, for your tones, to be part of that kind of history? Oh, that's that's uh, another dimension to the whole thing, really. Because we, I mean, since since 
the wall came down and uh, the Soviet Union became Russia and, and, and other countries, um, we have we have toured in the east east part of of Europe, and it's it's amazing to hear people coming up to us and and tell us how much they sort of that kind of well that's what they said and, and anyway I mean it kind of gave them some sort of hope listening to that music and I I can understand because it's a it's a kind of a triumphant song it's yeah, it's a yeah. it's a it's a special song, the final countdown, and and the record wasn't there to to be bought back in the days. So there was a lot of tapes going around, and, all you know, right, the copied tapes, and, <laughs> and and you know, second, third, fifth generation of tapes. But 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 still, I mean, the it it's amazing to, as I said, I mean that's another dimension to the whole thing about final countdown. The uh, we have a lot of, of of gear nuts like myself that listen that are always curious what instruments were played in terms of the gear you, on this uh, on the final countdown. Did you use a was it a Yamaha TX eight sixteen rack unit and a Roland JX eight uh, P? Is that what what you played on that? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I I think those are, are, are the main ingredients. And I to be uh, honestly, I. I don't remember if there was something else added. Probably was because we had loads of of uh, keyboards in in the studio. But but those two ingredients are are the main ones. Now today today you use a I heard that you use a Roland Phantom X7, right? A Nord Lead Three, Nord Electro. Is that kind of what you yeah. use now? Are those the? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> you so go. on on the Nords that you use now and the, and the Rollins now, are, it is it a recreation of the original patches, or is it something that you've actually sampled and imported, and now you you run it through the the Nord? I actually uh, used a uh, um, not a JX8, but a JX10 uh, Roland, which is uh, which is which is basically two JX8. Um, but, uh, yes, I, I used a, uh, a Yamaha GX816 and a Roland uh, uh, JX10 to recreate the sound and then sample that. Excellent. Okay. okay. Well, we've tried to touch on most of the singles off the album in as quickly as we can. We can't skip past Carrie, which you wrote with Joey Tempest. Every band needs a solid power ballad. Yeah. So the <laughs> writing of a ballad for a, a rock band. Talk about the impact of writing a power ballad for the 80s and kind of how Carrie came together. Other well, thing is, uh, I had an idea. I was just basically just playing around on a, on a sound check, probably in... in Somewhere around 1984, 85, uh, when I when I joined Europe, and Joey was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So we we put something together, which um, we actually played live during a, a year of touring or or so before the final countdown album, and it sounded not exactly, but I mean, some of the parts were the same. Uh, but then we added the uh, uh, the chorus uh, for the record. But we actually there was something we just you know played around with, and we felt we needed during during the the shows that we did in, in 1984 and 85. We needed sort of a break, a breather, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so so that's how it all started. And then we thought for the final countdown album. Um, let's make a, a proper song of this. And so we did. Excellent. Uh, yeah. The, while we're talking about things that we really like, my favorite, <laughs> uh, my favorite moment in Europe recording history is actually uh, the, I like the prisoners in paradise album. I love the title track. Now it's so good. I heard that originally uh, Bob rock was going to be your producer, right? But instead he did the black album from Metallica. I'm not mad at how it sounded without Bob Rock. Yeah. Um, talk about that era of the Prisoners in, uh, in Paradise album. Yeah, we actually went to Canada and, and met with, with uh, Bob and his, uh, his engineer. Uh, and we were supposed to do it. But then, of course, when Metallica calls, I think that was <laughs> more inter interesting for him. Uh, but we hooked up with, with Bo Hill instead. And... Uh, 
he's a great guy. We, you know, we we had good fun in the studios. In in retro perspectives, I would like to say maybe um, we we actually set out to have a more more of a sort of natural sound, and I don't think we we, we didn't get exactly the sound we we, we set out to to get it is more produced it It is it is it's a little thicker um in terms of which i like i know that it may not have been exactly what you were looking for but uh this listener enjoyed it so i was i was happy (laughs) yeah you know i i like when when i listen back to it now which i don't do very often but if it happens i like it too i think i think it sounds great but at the time you know that wasn't what we really wanted to do but bo is a great guy and you know me and joe we actually went on on vacation with him uh in the west indies after the album so and we had a great time so he's a he's a he's a great guy i i don't know what he's doing these days though i'm no idea on the uh out of this world album superstitious um you guys got uh key marcello on guitar right i know live y'all throw in uh bob marley no woman no cry are y'all reggae fans i didn't i wouldn't have pictured uh pictured you guys as (laughs) as reggae fans (laughs) <laughs> you know we 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 like all kinds of music really i mean we we're not that you know well most of us have, especially i think me and joey are very open to 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 um a broad specter of 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 different music so yeah but actually i think when it comes to reggae, I think everyone in, in the band are sort of, yeah, we like reggae, you know? That's awesome. Especially Bob Marley. <laughs> That's great, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're Marley fans. We've This is our uh, this will release in our seventh season, and our very first season one, we did a Marley episode. Obviously, we didn't interview him, but we did, uh, you know, we, we're big Bob Marley guys. We, we're big on him. Oh, uh, cool. That's the, cool. Um, how Did you watch the movie Hot Rod? I just got to know. I know you guys are all in it with Andy Sanborn. Love that oh, movie. Yeah. Love y'all's presence in it. How did how did you end up uh, getting to be featured so heavily in that? I have no idea. It was my daughter. It was actually my daughter who, who, who said, you have to check this movie out. And she didn't say anything more. Just check it. And, and I watched it and I laughed so hard. I mean, that was, it was, I think it's, it's a brilliant movie. And I think it's amazing that, that they picked so many Europe songs in to be a part of the so- yeah. soundtrack. You're, you're but, basically but, but part I, of the cast. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Europe, okay. Europe is almost a character in the movie. That's good. Point. That's well said. <laughs> but on the, on the other hand, I, I don't know of how to really, if it's, is it like, um, Am I supposed to to? Is it supposed to be laughed about, or is it because it's cool? I don't know. But I I I look at it as it, it just fits the film. The it movie. does. It's Absolutely. it's perfect. It's perfect. And yeah. I think you can take there. There'll be people that categorize it how you want. I love it. I think it adds an extra dimension <laughs> of eighties rock that is fantastic. Um, and it's not that you guys were strangers to the movie scene too, because on the loose, which has my Probably favorite John Norum solo. It's the fastest one in the history of all guitar solos, about the two-minute mark. <laughs> but y'all also did a movie featuring you guys called On the Loose, correct? That is correct. It wasn't uh, – it was uh, sort of a movie um, that was um, – how do you say it? It, <laughs> it, it, it? it wasn't like a movie that was going to show on, on, on theaters. It was more like a movie to be shown in, in schools and stuff, I think. It's very and hard so, to find. I, I looked for it because I wanted to watch it prior. I am having a difficult time locating it. So if you have a VHS copy or something you can mail to us, <laughs> please send it our way um, so okay. that we can, right. can watch it. I'd, I'd love to check. Uh, but I, I have to tell you one thing, um, and that's I've, I've told Joey uh, as well, because he's the one that, that sort of has lines. He says something in the movie. The rest of us are more or less just sitting in, in the background. But he's he's there. He he's like part acting in in the movie, and I'm so happy that he focused on on music instead. <laughs> <of acting. laughs> That's great. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, uh, people, uh, we're not going to quit our day jobs to do this. Me and Rob both have jobs. <laughs> Hopefully, they. Uh, but we love doing this. Too. That's so funny. You're like, good good thing you chose the uh, chose the music thing <laughs> yeah. versus acting. That's that's hilarious. The uh, one last thing that we ask everybody, uh, Mick. Again, we we told you we'd be respectful of your time. So you're on tour. You go into a gas station. 
what is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of that, I'll tell you mine. I do this for everybody. Um, if I go and I get a Three Musketeers bar, because um, when I was growing up, I could get any candy bar, and that is the most ounces for the money. They're all the same price, so <laughs> that's the, the most ounces. What uh, What is your gas station snack food of choice? <laughs> okay. Oh, let me think for a while. Can you can you can you edit this afterwards? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, mm, favorite snack bar being on tour and stop. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a candy bar. It can be yeah, anything. anything. It could it be, be a, chips a, or a drink or a. Some people have said beef jerky. We've That's gotten right. hot dogs, donuts, Cheetos, yeah, donuts, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Well, it would probably be. Oh, hmm. That's different. I mean, depending on where you are. That's fine. Oh, yeah, know, it doesn't have to be in, in Sweden. It can be when you're in the States or where you're – wherever. Because when if, if you stop at a gas station in, for example, Germany, uh, you can easily buy a beer or a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. I, I do that, definitely. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're the first but, person but, to say wine yeah, from a gas true. station. Yeah. You can't – I don't think you can buy anything that you would call real wine here at, at a gas station <laughs> okay. um, that you would uh, – so that's a that's a new one. So well, congratulations anyway, on I, adding one. <laughs> I would uh, – but if, if, if I would – now, uh, if I can re- sort of re-answer the question, I would probably go for something to chew on and why not beef jerky? Okay. I'd, I'd go for that. There we go. Yeah, excellent. I like that. That's good. That's a, that's a good one. Good. Yeah. Can't go wrong with beef jerky. Can't go wrong with beef jerky. No. <laughs> there you go. Well, Mick, thank you so much. Again, you've been such a, such a blast. So good. To, I'm glad we got to sync up. Thank you so much. JP, Rob, it was a blast talking to you. Thank hey, you. We're glad you had a good time. The pleasure's all ours. Thank you so much, man. All right. All right. Thank you, Mick. See you, Mick. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was Mick McKaylee, the man behind the synth riff, uh, <laughs> the most epic synth riff of the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. Undeniably so. Um, as much as I love Jump by Van Halen, this has got it beat yeah. for the most most epic uh, synth riff of the eighties on so, multiple lists. Yeah, it it just it's it's uh, empirical empirical evidence. So uh, man, it's cool to talk to him. Cool to be with you guys. Cool to be with my best friend man. doing this podcast every week. These uh, uh, season finales are always a little bittersweet. It's right. It's nice to to bring it out with a bang, but it's right. always like man, I'll now, see you in I a few weeks. Go, I gotta go pack for summer camp. <laughs> know, you know? Right. So. Yeah, so we'll see you guys again in about six weeks. Come back, um, ne- come back. Uh, we'll come back in the fall and have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he grew up over the summer. Grew six inches and grew a mustache. Oh, gosh, I would love both of those things so much. <laughs> so much. My mustache game is so weak. <laughs> That's what we should do for season one. We should try, or season eight, episode one. We Just should try work, and grow work on our mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, you guys, thank you seriously. In all, in all sincerity, thank you for hanging out with us uh, through seven seasons so far of the Great Song Podcast. We can't wait to see you again in season eight and uh, get more of this good stuff to you. Can't wait to, to get to pull off more shenanigans, talk to more artists, and uh, dig into these, these songs that we all love so much. So thank you for hanging out. Again, share this uh, if you want a bonus episode uh, next week. If you just can't, if you can't deal with the fact that season seven is over, and you're like, <laughs> I just need one more episode. Uh, we've got it in the can. It's ready to go. Ball's in your court. All you got to do is share this episode. So if not, we'll see you again in season eight. And until then, I'm Rob. And I am JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>